Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear, joined here by one of my best friends in the entire world, Johnny Game Time Hicks. Big Travi, the other best friend in the entire world, is out today. But yeah, you're here with Bernie. He's at a ball game. Today. Yeah. You know who's not at a ball game, though, right now? Mike Herrick, let's go, damn boys. Go. Let's do this. Albert, what's yeah. going on, my dude? Maybe you guys are at a ball game. In today's day and age, you can pretty much do anything digitally like on the road. Yeah, a, well, we all do, right? We're kind of forced to in this space. Whisper Nation, what is up? So good to have you here with us. And if you're just tuning in for the first time and you love fantasy football and you want to be a part of a community where you know that you belong exactly as you are, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We're looking just to gain one more sub by the end of the show. Just one more. Who knows? Could be you. And if you are new to the channel, though, shout out, shout that out in the chat down low. Let us know where you are streaming in from. Want to give you a shout out live on the show, just like we will. Casper Jambles, what's going on, Ooh, our dude? Our here. That's right. And on today's episode, I'm very excited to announce that we are joined by an extremely special guest, one close to the show, Mr. Alex Caruso. You know him from the fantasy, the Fresh Fantasy podcast, as well as the content he creates for football guys, as well as his expert rankings there over on Fantasy Pros. Alex, how you doing, my guy? Oh, I'm doing amazing. I'm a longtime fan of the show. I didn't tell you guys this, but I was actually like one of your first 200 followers like four years ago. I used to be respect, man. I used to be on the lives like with with Travis or Johnny, and it would sometimes be like just me in the live. Like that's how like that's how new it was. And it would be just me like asking questions in the comments back home in high school. Like come full circle. You guys asked me to be on the show and like I couldn't have been more excited because I used to like text my friends like you gotta watch these guys like the fantasy whisperers like they're so good like I used to be like like right at the beginning like I was I was on the bandwagon so dude, we're here now couldn't be more grateful dude much that is real that is that is dude. such a cool story to share and. You know, you've been creating stories of your own, Alex. We found you. We reached out. We're like, we like what this we, we're, we're picking up what this dude is putting down. And so, you know, we reached out and then got to get this going. And I know Travi linked up there. And that's just such a cool tidbit to share, man. You referencing the two minute drills before we yeah, hopped man, on dude. here. Like, oh, oh man, I have that's an OG Bro, right there. Yeah, dude. It, it like took Austin back for a second because he was like, two minute drills. But what? That was great. What are you talking about? We haven't gone over this in a little while. So, but yeah, no, we're going to go ahead and br- speaking of in the spirit of the two minute drill, we've got some lightning round questions for you, Alex, so that Whisper Nation can get a little bit of a sample size of what you're about before we jump into this 12 team PPR mock draft. Sound good? Sure. Rock and roll. Do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more, Alex? I think it's probably my fantasy team at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm a Patriots fan. You know, Brady's not there. We're not in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I think I have to root for my fantasy team a little bit more. And more that I, okay, because I do content more now, right. I think I find myself rooting for fantasy teams because I do so many leagues. Like when I'm in 18 leagues, like I have no choice but to root for my teams. But I, I also like, it's always the Patriots at heart. But sometimes yeah. regular season, fantasy team definitely takes over. It just, I haven't had anybody give us an answer other than that as it keeps going. You know, like when it's just uh, okay, natural transition that occurs. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, before we get to the other questions, I'll even, I'll even spoil a little bit ahead of it. The more people that we ask these questions to who have been it 
in it longer and longer and longer and longer. They're like, I don't even manage my own rosters now at this point. It's like, oh my, it just become like a full brain for the fantasy football community. Just like, that's what it is. But moving on here, what year did you start playing fantasy football? I want to say it was like, I'm 21. So I think it was like, I think I was like 14 or 15. So that would be like 20, yeah, 2014 or 2015. Nice. And during that time, favorite fantasy football player all time. Oh, a favorite fantasy football player. I would say Chris Godwin. Cause like, I remember the year that he broke out um, for the bucks. Like that was like the one guy I had in like every league that I was in. I was in like nine leagues and I had him in like eight leagues. Like I just was so like, like when Bruce Aaron's like, he could have a hundred catches and Mike Evans, like he's like the one B to my one a, like he was like my flag plant. It was like 2017 or 2018. And I was like, he is my guy. And like, that was the most, like, I won, like, half my leagues that year because I had Chris Godwin. Like, it was so oh, awesome. Those feel good. You never forget it's those ones. How about on the other side? Least favorite fantasy player all time. You got one that comes to mind? Nick Chubb. Sorry, Nick Ooh, Chubb. Oh, wow, dude. One of the best running backs in the league, but sure. I think I hate him in fantasy. I will never draft him. Like, I've only made trades for him. I've never drafted him because, like, Without even without Kareem Hunt, like his splits just haven't been that great. They like it's it's more the Browns than it is Nick Chubb. I don't sure. hate the player. Like if he was on like like Dallas, where they're just gonna give him twenty touches a game, sure. Like I'm I'm all for that. But like with the Browns, like they do not feed him. <laughs> he's never finished higher than running back eight, and he's like the most talented he's- running back in the league. Dude, it's so weird when you look at like the advanced metrics on Nick Chubb. Johnny is the the the, the Nick Chubb drum beater for so long. It's like he's number one by so many. No, oh, it's so funny. I like that you brought that one up there. Yeah, he's uh, like the greatest number one running back that's never been number one. Yes, hundred percent. Well, I'll agree to that. Easy. Well said. Favorite fantasy football team name, Alex. Ooh, probably my favorite championship I ever won. So that's where it would go with the team name. Um, it was it was last year. I I had Joe Mixon, and my team name was mixing it up. Um, nice. So I, that, I feel like I was mixing up the standings all year. Yeah. I had a late push and won the championship. So, you know, some other teams were on top and then, you know, I kind of mixed my way to the top and I, I will yeah. never forget that win, especially once against your friends. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, beat that. It's the best. It doesn't, it really doesn't get better. I would take beating my friends over taking home a bag, you know, depending on the size of the bag, but pretty much any time. <laughs> Fave, uh, what is a sound or a noise that you love? Oh, a sound or a noise that I love. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's the championship confetti coming down. It's when they pop the confetti and it's coming down over your championships in fantasy football. Like that is when I'm at the peak when the victory parade is coming out and the champagne yeah. popping. Like that's my favorite sound in the world. Favorite swear word. Favorite swear word. Uh, it's probably the one I use like under my breath the most. I'm actually not a big swear in general, but I probably, sure. probably, probably an F-bomb when I'm working. Like I'm a server okay. as well. So like, yeah. In the heat of the moment, I'm like under my breath. I'm like, oh fuck! Like, like <laughs> always been there, like all the time. Everyone's been there where like something bad happens. It's always under your breath. So that would that would definitely be it for me. I don't have the so, official tally, but I think it's like nine. It's n- not. It's not. Uh, last week, um, well, Sigmund Bloom said "motherfucker" was his oh, favorite, yeah. and then oh, yeah. and then Andrew Erickson was shit. He's like, I just drop it so much. He's like shit. Yeah, that like, would be my number two. Easy, my number two. But yeah, fuck otherwise has been the choice for everyone else. Popular tool to pull out of the belt. Alex, what's the most leagues that you played in at one time? I think 20, like last year. I've gone up every year. I've played fantasy football like six or seven years, and every year the number yeah. has gone up. So I, I don't think I'll get over 20. I think that's like the most I can handle. But yeah, 
that, that doesn't. Right, include, that's a good number. Not best. And it doesn't like, include that. Includes like managed leagues between dynasty and redraft. Like, Dude. okay, but Yahoo's the perfect platform for it because it has that feature where it shows you like what free agents are available in each league. So mm-hmm. if I didn't have Yahoo, I couldn't do it. But Yahoo made it so easy for me where I could do it. So that's that's where I would go. That makes a lot of sense. Now you played in a good chunk of leagues, so I know you've had some good fantasy football moments. What's the most exciting fantasy football moment you've had? <laughs> um, my my favorite moment was honestly we didn't I didn't even win, but it was it was last year, not this past year, but the year before. It was with my dad. Okay. We, we've been doing a league like six years together. IDP. He's been in the league for twenty five years, oh. and. It was the closest we became, like we came to a championship. We were playing against Alvin Kamara that week against the Saints in the championship. We had no chance of winning after that Friday night game. And we literally came all the way back. Every single player on our team went off and we went into Monday night with a chance. Like the guy, like it was like Adrian Phillips needed to score two points, which is nothing. But the fact that we went from having 0% win probability and we had a chance going into Monday night, like that Sunday night, I forget who it was, but someone scored a touchdown. And like, I literally, we were jumping around, like just the fact that we had a chance. That's and we awesome. Fought tooth and nail. We didn't win. Like it was like one of those like little underdog stories, but like we did everything we possibly could have. And that was like peak. And like, even when we lost, we were like, we don't care. Like we had a chance. That's all we wanted. All we asked for. I love, and I can't fake these ones, Johnny knows, I can't fake the goosebumps. I love that your most exciting moment was one that you didn't actually win it all from. And you actually lost. Because because you're with with your dad, you're building these great stories. It's about the drama. It's about the excitement. It's not about, like, the hardware is amazing, but it's about that feeling. It's about that community. It's about those connections. And in your most exciting moment, you just shared all of those pieces of why I know me and Johnny love fantasy football so much. So that's awesome to hear you share that. How about your favorite game day beverage, Alex? I've got a lot of on this too. <laughs> My favorite game day beverage is probably like fruit punch. Like I felt like I had a gallon of like crystal light fruit punch. And like, this is like the, so one of my best friends transferred from the school I went to So okay. I by myself watching like, like Sunday football, like literally most of the year. And I loved it. I had so much fun just being on Twitter, like, man, like going on my leagues all day. So every Sunday, like my tradition was I'd get like a gallon of crystal light fruit punch. And I would literally sit there from like 1 PM until like midnight every night. And I call my dad after, and we talk about all our fantasy teams for the week. So like crystal light fruit punch had to be it. Oh my God. Apple juice, a, apple juice, crystal light underrated. Oh, I've not had that. I'm going to have to try that. It's pretty dynamite. Boneless or bone in wings. Oh, I'm a, I'm a psychopath for, for boneless wings. That's just what I grew up on. So okay. I, have to, I have to say those. All right. I'm glad you did. We got two more questions left. Kickoff is in two minutes. You are still deciding your flex. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings, Alex? Gut. All, all day. Your gut's never wrong. And every time I don't trust my gut, I'm like mad at myself after and I'm like kicking the wall lightly, you know, because like I don't, my pain tolerance isn't that high, but sure. <laughs> um, I would say that like, I, I have to go with my gut because I feel like if I, if my gut's wrong, fine. Like that's right. Okay. I can live with that if my gut's wrong, but if I go against my gut and it costs me money or it costs me like a championship, like I'll be, I'll be, it'll be like one of those things where I'm just like staring up at the clouds or staring at my ceiling for the rest of the mm. night. But if I trust my gut, I can live with that. 
starting Pierre Garçon over Adam Thielen like five years ago in the championship week. Uh, yep, I'm uh, I'm not still remembering that on my gut call. And Pierre Garçon had over 100 yards in that game. He just didn't drop two touchdowns by himself against the Green Bay Packers. All right, so last question here, bringing it home. What is your favorite position to draft from in 2022, Alex? I don't know. It, if it's if it's a normal draft, it's not like a third-round reversal kind of draft. Yeah, no. I would say probably the no. I like to be in the middle. Like I like to be like yeah. Like usually, like I did. I think in the draft that we're gonna do. I feel like as you know, as a fantasy analyst, that's just a glorified stupid name that I just you know I make content. I think like I always feel like I can take advantage of the guys that fall. Like whenever I'm at the ends, I'm always like this guy's falling and no one's drafting him, and then he gets taken like the right the pick before I do. But at like the 1.06, I feel like I can just you know nab value throughout the draft and like yeah. That's 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 how I feel. Love it. I couldn't Love agree it. with you more on that one. Spoken like an analyst. Let's get this draft uh going. Johnny, you are the first pick on the clock. Are you going, Jonathan Taylor? Are you not now keep in mind, everybody? This is a 12 team PPR super flex squad full point. Not third round reversal. Johnny, with all that said, are you thinking of a quarterback? Are you going Jonathan Taylor or something a little trickier? You know what? I'm going to go a little different here. Why not? We got Alex on the show. Why not? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Dwight. No, I'm going to go with yeah, right? Nick Chubb. No, I'm going to go with who I actually think is going to finish. Number one, Dalvin Cook. Whoa, Johnny. Okay, let's go. Hype train it up, baby. Whoa. Okay. Three more than 14 games. Is that, is that possible? Is it possible that he, play, what? that he plays more than 14 games in a season? He's never done it. Yes, I, I do understand there is the injury risk and the offense that he's running in is not, uh, you know, is very susceptible, I should say, to injury-prone running backs. However, I just think that this is going to be the I'm, – I'm really in on the Vikings. Okay. I think Jefferson is going to finish top five, if not number one. I have him number one as my number one wide receiver. And then I do think that uh, Dalvin Cook is a lock. And that's more so where I'm, I'm kind of going with the running back position is I do think he's a lock to be top five. Yep. And that is what I want because the chances of me landing, even if you have the number one and landing that actual pick at number one, being the best player, it's, it's so slim. And so yep. I want to go with something that I know. Christian McCaffrey, major concerns with me. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, while I do like him a lot and I do think that there's a chance that he can repeat we also do know the stat that number one or that running backs have finished number one the prior year uh, are very unlikely to finish the following year at number one uh, again. So I am going to switch up and go, Dan, it's a mock. It's a mock. And we got Alex on the yeah. show. Why not? Why not? This is mock? the time for the thought experiments. This is the time as Liz Loza talks about. Let's go ahead. Let's make some mistakes right I now. Had, I had a guy in a $50 draft like a couple of years ago on Yahoo take mark sanchez number one overall it was literally a 50 dollars draft is that, was that like a relative of his or something no I, it probably was like i didn't see sanchez on his name but like yeah it was a 50 dollars like league and he had the 1.01 and like took mark sanchez like in a literal competitive league wow i've never seen anything like it otherwise like i'll never forget and mark sanchez wasn't even on a team so he so oh gosh this is like two sounds, oh man it sounds like uh in our league of record uh in our first draft we ever had uh the number two overall pick was ricky williams 
And wow. Ricky Williams at the time was still in the league, but he played for Baltimore. And he, <laughs> he wasn't was, even the starter. He wasn't the starter. Oh, uh, and, but and we were all like, uh, do you know what you're doing? He's like, yeah, uh, this is where I'm going. I know Ricky Williams. I know him. So we and I just want to tag that one in, Johnny. I'm so glad that you did bring that one in because it, it was a bit of a it's definitely a hometown move, and I'm so freaking glad that it ended up happening because, yeah, that wasn't the smartest pick, but he's become our mascot for our league. All 12 of our draft shirts, we do a draft shirt every year. It's our 12th year in that league. We've got Ricky Williams incorporated into it somehow. What's up, Dave? Dave Good to have you with us. Love to have that. Uh, go make sure you go check out Dave's work over at Football Guys along with Alex Caruso's work. I just round out the point here on Ricky Williams, who, yeah, was taken. J-Bone had uh, his girlfriend, Rosie, who knew a heck of a lot more about football than he did. And she just loved Ricky Williams, was like, I don't care. You take this man. He's like, okay. And well, now Ricky Williams well, has become our mascot forever. Yeah, he hesitated for a, a slight moment. Then she pulled the old, I'm paying for this league for you, so you're going to do what I tell you to do. So we got Ricky Williams on cameo to chime in for our league and to give us a shout out. And, uh, yeah, we put it. We've, we've got him on our $1,500 title belt he's got he's running through the ponderosa pine forest of flagstaff arizona because that's where our league originated yeah that was a pretty that was a pretty good fun one here but back to some business decisions at hand I alex i like that you went with your boy kyler you yeah. went with johnny's boy kyler yeah talk about it talk about it kyler i just uh, i don't know i just I love Kyler. He's one of the only QBs ever to average like 24 and a half or 25 fantasy points per game. I think that, you know, Hollywood plus, you know, DeAndre Hopkins together are going to be so freaking good. And like, mm -hmm. I think Trey McBride's underrated. I think Zach Ertz underrated. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just love Kyler. And I think as long as he stays healthy, I know it's a big if, and he breaks down towards the end of the season. Like I think he has as much upside as any QB, like in all of fantasy football. And I will always take that. And I hope that he runs more this year. 100%. I like you taking him right there after those first three. I think it's a really fair place, honestly. Yeah. And I've got major concerns about Kyler Murray. I think anybody who's watched does. But if you've watched, you also know exactly all the points you just mentioned, Alex, of how high yeah. his upside really is. I mean, he was the most efficient quarterback in the NFL through the first month of football. And he was only averaging like less than 30 yards per rush per game or like less than 30 yards per game rushing. And so it's like, this dude's got a crazy accurate arm. It's a cannon on top of it. And yeah. people don't really talk about that so much. Yep, exactly. Another guy who's really mobile and really athletic is Trey Lance, who you took there in the second round. I think Trey Lance is one of like, the coolest mystery boxes we have available to date. And I mean, caught me off guard looking back through his NDSU stats that he only played one season. Now he yeah. went the off, Crazy. but it's still a small sample size. And then yeah. in his NFL sample size, it, it isn't so big either, but you can't deny that ceiling of what it could be either. Can you talk to me a little bit about Trey Lance and what you're yeah. optimistic for and any concerns you might have there too? Well, yeah, for one, I think he's automatic, you know, like statistically he's automatic in the sense that like my favorites, like one of my favorite stats going into last year was like 19 out of 22 QBs over the last decade that averaged four and a half rush attempts per game 
were all top eight QBs in points per game. The only QBs to not do it were 2012 Tim Tebow, 2014 Colin Kaepernick, 2020 Cam Newton. Every other quarterback has been an automatic top eight QB when healthy. He's Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. me on steroids this year with actual good weapons. But the last thing I'll say, I don't be long, long-winded with it, is just the fact that we've seen it so many years in a row, like these second-year QBs that are going a little bit you know, in that range. We saw Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And then Kyler Murray was drafted a little higher. And then Jalen Hurts, like – these guys are underrated every year. And the same thing that I remember with Mahomes is hearing teammates talk about him gushed over him the year that after Alex Smith left. And we're like, why would they do this? Like they were literally in the playoffs. Same thing with like Jimmy G, but like they literally are all saying this guy is special. This guy's going to be amazing. And I think that like he was, if it wasn't DeAndre Swift again, he was going to be my flag plant this year. Like I came mm. to doing him. I just couldn't come up with enough good statistics, but if he runs, he's an automatic QB. He averaged over 10 rush attempts per game last year in his three-game sample size, which isn't a lot, but shows he's going to run a lot. Yeah, I like that breakdown. I know you got your pick here coming up, so I'm going to kick it over to Johnny while you're making that selection. Johnny, you start the draft off with your boy, Dalvin Cook, Derek Carr, and then his new favorite weapon, Devontae Adams. Let the shower narrative rain down. Can you tell me what you were thinking on this one? Any concerns? And, or is it just raw excitement for you, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr? Uh, I mean, I had no intentions really of going Devontae Adams, but I, I, like the, I like getting double dips. That's a big part of how I like to play. And seeing that Devontae Adams, it was, it was really hard because I wanted to go with, I did want to get my boy Swift. It was hard to pass on him, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, I went, I went ultimate. And then CeeDee Lamb was the other guy that uh, I was eyeing there. Again, I do project CeeDee Lamb to be at least a top seven minimum uh, wide receiver this year, uh, taking over for that number one. So those were the two options that I was weighing. But ultimately, I just want to see what this kind of looked like uh, with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I do think that this is the year, though, for Derek Carr as one of those later round quarterbacks because of the division they're going to have to throw a ton uh and i like his weapons like i like waller i like uh Devontae adams i even like i think hunter renfro is heavily being slept on right now uh so that was what I, something i contemplated was do i skip on Devontae adams get cd lamb and then try to aim for renfro a little bit later but eh, i don't know if i wanted to gamble that much with this mock draft <laughs> That's fair. This one, and I'm going to get ready to make my so I third I, fourth round picks here. I did want to so Saquon Barkley, Alex. You see yeah. that picture floating around on Twitter yesterday? I feel like it's a oh, yearly yeah. thing uh, <laughs> where Saquon, when people you know are getting down on him, it's like his media team comes out and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna we're just gonna show him without his shirt on and get the people going." Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? Do you think it's very realistic that Saquon has a major bounce back year coming off? You know that second. Uh, you know, typically the first year is a little bit slow off the torn ACLs. So this will be a whole year removed from that. You've got yeah. a new offensive system coming in. What do you think is the ceiling for Saquon? And where ultimately do you feel comfortable taking him at, at the highest, right? Uh, because, yeah. you know, right now he's falling somewhat uh, in, in, in most drafts. Um, but we do expect that to start rising a little bit as we get closer and closer to uh, the season. Yeah, absolutely. So with, I mean, with Saquon, I think it's like last year before he, you know, stepped on a guy's foot, which was so unlucky against the Cowboys. 
Like he literally was averaging like almost 90% of the snaps. He was averaging like almost like 20 fantasy points a game coming off the ACL. And I think that ankle really messed him up. We've seen players time and time again, after the ankle, they don't do well. They made major upgrades to this offensive line this year. And then they also, you know, brought Brian Dable in. They don't have clowns coaching the Giants anymore. I love Brian Dable. I love what he's about. And they said that he is going to be used in the pass game. That's all we're seeing out of camp. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He's one of those guys that every year he's played, he's, he plays on a 50, you know, reception catch pace. Like, I think he could literally be the running back one overall this year. Is it likely? Absolutely not. So, like, the shirt off picture was definitely a bonus. It's probably why he's <laughs> over Swift, you know, at this point. But I think with, you know, someone like him, I think that like that's in his range of outcomes. Everything to me is pointing to a, you know, a bounce back season. And the last thing, I know Brian Dable, he coached the Bills. They were so pass heavy. With Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they were sixth in the NFL in rushing yards last year. That's what people want. Give it to Saquon with an offensive line that could be better. I know there's not Josh Allen or anything, but you get the point of what I'm trying to say with all of it. That's probably good, right? Like that's a benefit, I think, to – Saquon Barkley that it's Daniel Jones and not Josh Allen because that means Saquon Barkley is probably the best offensive player on the field yeah mm-hmm. so use him I love your points bringing in Brian Dable there and Johnny I know you're such a big system scrutinizer and to have a, a system now coming in that we presume is going to be getting more pass action work over to Saquon like Alex I love what you brought in there of how much pass action work Saquon really could get and that to me is something you 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 better not dismiss. Like that is actually even if he is 75% of what he was 3 years ago, he could have 50% more points than he did then because of all that added work. Johnny, are you are you like for the I want to like really quickly on the Brian Dable system, how else does that affect the other pass catchers outside of Saquon Barkley on this? Well, I think that that's why Kenny G continues to remain a huge value. Uh, in in drafts is because of that system and we've seen you know we've seen digs come over and and how benefit how big of five a seconds just a heads up. oh thank you uh where do i go i was looking at a couple uh don't mess it up okay good okay i'm good fine with I'm, I'm good i'm good with the david monk on uh let me just make my see what are you thinking what are you thinking i'm, I'm going thinking? between deontay johnson or DJ Moore. DJ Moore has all of the the stats and analytics that show he, he's just on the cuffs of breaking out. Uh, he needs a quarterback. Deontay Johnson gets a new quarterback. I'm going to go with Deontay. I'm going to go with my boy. Right. Are, you con- are you concerned at all with Deontay Johnson presumably getting an inflated bump last year with Ben Roethlisberger's arm strength, what it was? Do, I, I, or do you think that Deontay Johnson will demand work and will be able to make things happen with it? Deontay Johnson is a good wide receiver. Like We do need to realize that it's not just – that Ben Roethlisberger couldn't because Ben Roethlisberger threw deep down the field last year. It wasn't like he didn't, he just wasn't very accurate at it. So now you're getting Mitch and, and what do you, and like, it's not like they're going to be going, you know, it's not, it's not like Tomlin's going to go to Mitch and go, Mitch, you know what? Warm up that arm, baby. I see what you're doing over there. Let's sling it all over the field. Like, no, they're going to be like, let's go with the smart play here. Let's go with what we know and the system that we continue to run and works for quarterbacks. And that is going to be getting Deontay Johnson the ball early and often. Uh, And he's clearly over his drop issues, uh, it seems at least. So I do think that Deontay Johnson is still a a wide receiver that people 
uh, you know, sleep on year in, year out that always finishes, you know, top 15, top 12 at the position. I hear those points. Dude, I, I wanted to take another question, but Alex, I got to switch it up here as you are now through five rounds in a PPR draft without a wide receiver taken. But I love I it. I love it. Yeah, I love this. I love the way you're going about this right now. Yeah, Can you tell me what you're thinking about here? Sure. It's it was mock draft season. You know, that, that's yeah. that part of it. But I think that like my like I don't think I'm that great at fantasy football. Like, I'm, I'm really not that good at it. Um, but I think my biggest like talent is evaluating wide receivers. I feel like like every year I feel like wide receivers by far my best position. And like mm-hmm. there wasn't any like Michael Pittman just got taken or I would have taken him or Deontay, but they didn't make it back to me. But I just felt like you know, there's so many great wide receivers I can get later. So let me just get sure things at running back, have quarterback established, and then I can play the wide receiver game, you know, later on as as we go. So I think that's kind of my mentality here. But, you know, it, that definitely could bite me in the butt that we're in a PPR league and I'm like the one person without a wide receiver. I don't know, though. I mean, you did a pretty good job, uh, you know, from my vantage point of because even if Kamara, let's say Kamara does end up getting that six game ban. Yeah, we know that James Conner should at least be healthy for the first six games. So you're, you know, and he, he's going to catch passes. So uh, you're pretty set out running back there. If, if Kamara got suspended, like I'm screwed. Like that, that's that's also the part of this draft. thing. Like if he gets suspended for six games, it's going to kill me. But I've, I've been like, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. That's not what I'm going to school for or anything. But like I, let a, I read a lot of like legal threads and stuff like that on Twitter and articles the last couple days. And it seemed like that report from like PF, uh, like Pro Football Talk, like wasn't super accurate with how this situation is likely to play out. And from what I read, is it seemed like Alvin Kamara could be a steal because like he could absolutely get suspended, but it seems like it'll more likely get pushed back to next year, the closer we get to this, and he'll play this year. So I'm willing to buy the dip right now and take that. But you know, obviously, if he did something bad, he 100% deserves to be suspended for a long time. Hey, I, I'm liking that info considering that uh, my best ball team last last week drafted uh oh, no. Kamara. Yeah, I didn't I didn't intend it. It just auto drafted for me. Uh, but it is what it is. So, but yeah, I I think that that's that's really good information to know. Austin, what are you doing down there? Uh, you got? Oh, well, yeah, you know it. So I just can't get away from. <laughs> I do like to hedge my bets and I like to hedge my bets in places where I don't think I lose opportunity and picking up Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I feel a little dirty about it. The way I feel dirty of like wearing something kind of tight going to the club, like where it's like, maybe it's kind of wrong, but I'm still feeling kind of good about it. Like don't tell my mom, but maybe tell her Um, that's a really drawn out metaphor just to be like, Look, if it works out and both of these wide receivers perform at their current ADP levels, then I think this is a really good way to have a high ceiling and maintain a low floor, especially when you're dealing with players like Hill and Waddle who could have a couple of plays make the day. And so let's say one of them has, you know, a disappointing three, four point day, you know, but the other one goes off for 27, like put those two together. I got 30 points, 15 combined, and I'm all right walking out with that kind of production. Um, so the Till and Waddle one, I picked it up just because it, it, I like that. And then and A.J. Brown to go along with Jalen Hurts. I'm having fun with the double dip. The, and AJ, or Antonio Gibson pick is, I think, my only smart one of this bunch because I'm not buying in on the Antonio Gibson slander. I get the picks that they've made. Um, Washington has. I understand that Gibson should be getting passing down work and they just continually 
give it to J.D. McKissick and not Antonio Gibson. I get that Antonio Gibson was also banged up last year, and they still ran him into the ground. And despite that fractured shin, he finished as the running back 11 in standard and 12 in PPR. So he was still an RB1. He's 24 years old. His skill set's awesome. I think he gets to play with the best quarterback he's played with since he's come into the league. And if you avoid the what I think is a distraction in the Brian Robinson pickup and the J.D. McKissick re-signing, then Antonio Gibson is in for another year of what he just does, and that's RB1 production. Now he's playing for, again, with the best quarterback that he's had, and I'm not concerned about any regression. I think he actually is going to do better than he did last year because that shin should be healed with all this time off. So I think Antonio Gibson is a name we'll start to see fly up ADP boards with one negative Brian Robinson report. Now, we get more thunder and lightning you know, coming out of Doc or out of um, Riverboat Ron, then fine. We're going to see that ADP keep slumping down. But I think that we get another close to RB1 finish out of Antonio Gibson. I got no concerns about him deteriorating or falling off. And I'm not really buying any of the lessened opportunity work. Don't tell that to Johnny, though, because I want to try to make a trade for him with Dynasty. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of best quarterback that they've had, did you did you guys see the uh, Taylor Heineke interview when they brought him in after they traded for Wentz? No, it was it was heartbreaking. Like, oh. talk about you know, and I and I actually do think that Wentz is is a fairly decent quarterback. I think he's going to be pretty good there. But I I felt for the guy. He, he tugged at the heartstrings as he was like he's like uh you know this is a business at the end of the day. And, you know, the reality is if, if you're getting paid, uh, you know, 25 million or whatever uh, that Wentz is still getting paid. Uh, and he's like, I'm only making, you know, like 2 million. He's like, I'm not going to be starting, but I'll be there every week. you ready for him. If he needs to, you know, if anything happens to him, I just like kind of felt for the, felt bad for the guy. Cause I was like, damn, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I do think uh, that it'll be interesting seeing what Ron Rivera does with this offense and particularly the running back situation. Definitely. I, I hope he's, I think he's going to mess it up, honestly. Like as much yeah. as I, like, I, I just think it's going to be so bad for fantasy. And I love Antonio Gibson. Like I literally thought he was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread last year. I was so confident when they were like, he's going to be used like CMC and like, he still finished great. And I'm, I was so happy that he played through his shin injury and that, you know, when Gibbs uh, McKissick went down that he really showed up and showed out and like everyone knows that play he made against Buffalo and he was running. That was like one of my most hype moments. Like I was jumping up and down, but I think, you know, signing McKissick again and then, you know, drafting Brian Robinson. Like I think they probably want to ground and pound a little bit more because they have a strong offensive line and like lead on the run game more, maybe a la what the Colts did last year, you know, with Jonathan Taylor. I know mm -hmm. like Gibson won't be, but I just mean like, more ground and pound and like try to beat teams with their offense and hopefully a stronger defense. Mm. Love that. I think that's a good take. Uh, I'll take them on Ooh, this get, one. Get options. I, with my fourth wide receiver on it, I can, I can, I can stomach the delay. I can stomach the suspension. And I just didn't see any running backs or other position players that I was super thirsty on to go for on this. I was stoked to get miles Sanders. I didn't think he'd still be available I'm very happy to pick him up. Yeah, I, I was going to do well. I was Ian Miles where I took Matt Ryan. That was a little hard for me. Uh, good, That was a good pick, I think. Appreciate that. And I was thinking of TJ Hawkinson. I think he is – I think we're forgetting a little bit of how good he was last year before those injuries started coming on board. And I think there's reason to be concerned about Hawkinson. But I think he's – 
he's right outside of the tier one talent level. And he's got then so many other metrics working for him. No real competition at the tight end position. Him and Jared Goff do seem to have a strong relationship. It's the Lions offense, which I think takes a jump up. Um, but yeah, I, I still didn't take him. So, but I did see that Alex has picked up a few wide receivers. Now he's, he's shifted away from the no wide receiver. He's now got some on board. I loved it all more in London. I loved it all the way till the London pick. I love it. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Tell us about these wide receivers. Cooks. Like uh, actually did, did everyone hear that that cooks actually just went back to school and got his degree. Like he actually just got a doctorate in, in beating ADP. Finally got his doctorate. And I think that he was a great pick for me to have someone that will be consistent every week. And he was even better with Davis Mills than anybody. I thought they had a great connection. I think Davis Mills is a little bit underrated. I like him. Elijah Moore, like Elijah Moore, like, come on. Like he was literally a top six fantasy wide receiver from like week eight until he got hurt. Like yes. the, halfway through the season where he got to be a rookie and like struggle a little bit until the day that he got hurt. He literally was a top six wide receiver in fantasy. Like I know that maybe that's unrealistic this year and I'm projecting forward off a small sample size. It's fine, but I believe in the talent so much. He was like my favorite sleeper last year. And like, I don't necessarily believe in Zach Wilson, but I love that they drafted Garrett Wilson because that has bumped Elijah Moore's ADP down. And I think we can take advantage of it. And then yeah, go in Drake London. The last one I'll do real quick is just like, these rookie wide receivers have been so good, you know, every single year. And outside of Kyle Pitts, like, who are they going to throw to? Like, like Olamadi, like Zacchaeus, like, really? Like, come on. Like, I hope he does great. I hope he runs, he goes for 2,000 yards. But, like, it's not happening. And I think Drake London was my favorite wide receiver in this draft class. And I think that, you know, Marcus Mariota isn't that great. But I think that he's going to get a really high target share and a lot of opportunities early on. And there you go then. And so you're going to have a nice wide receiver three on this one. I'm so glad that you brought up the Elijah Moore take, Alex. I know Johnny does too, and I am number three because I think we get so wrapped up into numbers and rightfully so in this industry, but I think it's sometimes easy to forget that human beings were carbon-based life forms, were organic creatures, and we change and we evolve. And when you're competitive and you're a professional athlete, like you do this at a, an exceptional level. And so, yeah, people are talking about Garrett Wilson being that number one, but I'm wondering about Elijah Moore. Now, I don't have a psychological breakdown sitting in front of me here, but I know these guys are competitive. And if you think that you're stepping into a certain role and then you get a new dose of competition standing right next to you, some guys rise to that. Like, I'm not willing just to bake it in and say, oh, he's now the number two when one guy has had good professional football plays under his belt and the other guy where it's still just hypotheticals at this point. So because we can watch players go head to head, toe to toe, iron sharpens iron. I'm going to take a bet on the guy that we've already seen do it before I'm about to just write him off and say, oh, well, he doesn't have the the height to compete with this guy. I'm like, Steve Smith is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Don't talk to me about yeah. these certain types of metrics. Like when it's like, let's let's see the dog in the fight. I'm, I like Elijah Moore. I'm glad you picked him up. Thank yeah, you. That was that was a great that was a great one. Other guys like that, too. Oh, I got to make my other pick on this one. TJ uh, Hawkinson finally gone. And then Sky Moore. Alex, we got to ask you, as we ask every an analyst on the show, Outside of Kelsey, who is the wide receiver to snag in Kansas City? Oh, it's it's not even a question. It's Sky Moore. Ooh. Like, it, it, like, like it, it's not a question. And like, I think that anyone that like the Juju people, I think are going to be really disappointed. I'm sorry if you guys are a Juju pe person, but like, 
his efficiency's gone down. I mean, he's he's played five years or six years in the NFL now, and his yards per route run has gone down every single year that he's played in the league. And I know that part of it, you know, maybe it's Big Ben's declining arm or whatever it was, but like I just don't think Juju's been very good. And like I think Sky Moore is really, really great. I mean, the 99th percentile college target share. We all probably know and love Matt Harmon and reception perception. Mm-hmm. And among all rookies, Sky Moore was the best of all the rookies he charted in this class, which includes a lot of very early picks, was the best against zone, second best against man. They brought him in to play a role similar to Tyreek Hill, and they've said that. He's not going to walk in and be Tyreek Hill, obviously. But again, rookies go and do good time and time again. It's not going to be MVS. I think it's going to be him over Juju. And I think someone as talented as him is going to do really well because like outside of Tyreek Hill, they've never had another talented wide receiver, not to Marcus Robinson or Sammy Watkins. Like I actually think that Sky Moore will be the wide receiver one for this team by the end of the year. And I don't think that's a hot take at all. Ooh. All right. Well, I am excited to see that. So are you reaching for Sky Moore then? Is that how strong your take is on him? Yeah, I have I have him as like a top 35 wide receiver right now. And that, that could change, obviously. But like right now, I'm very, very confident, you know, in, in Sky Moore. I think Sky, I mean, I, I think that that was a great take there. And I do think that if I'm in best ball, I'm going to more likely target Sky Moore just because the higher upside is definitely there with the long bombs over the top. But what I do think is if you're looking from a week-to-week consistency basis, I do think Juju is going to be the more consistent guy because he will get the more underneath stuff. And what we saw last year was teams started to say, okay, we're tired of Pat Mahomes you know, beating us over the top with one play. We're going to sink our safeties back. And, it, and Pat Mahomes struggled with it for a while, and he couldn't get a grip on it. And then he was like, okay, I'm just going to take what the defense gives me every single time, and we'll march down the field. And so I do think that benefits Juju's game. I do understand like how his, his yards per route ran and everything have digressed uh, yeah. since, you know, he kind of broke out, but I do think that that does fall on big Ben's shoulders okay. a little bit more. And especially yeah. as they started to get, uh, you know, um, uh, now I'm blanking on uh, Claypool involved. It, it kind of caused that to like go on its Oh, can I get Oh, there we go. Okay, I got it. Got your boy, uh, Kenny G. Kenny, Kenny G, I got him. Uh, but yeah, that, I'm really, I think I think so many, this is going to be one of the hot topics uh, for sure going into the season is which wide receiver for Kansas City do you get? Because well, It's, we all it's already agree. such a hot topic. It's already, we, we literally right. ask every single person who we get on the show, and boy, have we been blessed, Johnny, to get some incredible guests to be a part of our Mock Draft Mondays, our Thursday football shows. Alex Caruso, you see him right here. So grateful to have him a part of this program. And if TFW, you're just tuned in here, one of the things we love to do is to bring the best in the industry so you can get all different types of takes. It's not just Johnny, Travis, and myself telling you where we're at it's where everybody else in this industry is at allowing you to have all the information to make your decisions because ultimately it's going to be you setting your lineup you dealing with the glory you dealing with the defeat so we want to make sure you have all the information make a competent decision and feel good about that and we do that by bringing so many different analysts and professionals together and our favorite way that we do that is once a year on our mock draft marathon 24 straight hours of live mock drafting one on the hour, every hour for 24 straight hours with a new guest as a part of it. This is going to be our fourth year doing it. Give you a little sample with it. Johnny's got the teaser for you, right? Blah. 
Draft Marathon. What is this? It's consecutive mock drafts for a total of 24 hours. Requires hours and even years of preparation. Which is a little bit controversial, but- Are you shitting me, Johnny? I didn't plan that, I swear. I can pretty much say 100%. Something that you really love to do. Let the games begin. Somebody came in and stole Johnny and they're hijacking his draft. Oh, he's gonna blame it on his 78-year-old neighbor. Damn it, you guys stuck in a super flex? I knew it. Ball is gonna taste different than this meatball. That's not that bad from a flex. Outliers decide fantasy Stand out above the crowd. About the same set of 200 players. And it never gets old. That's right, Whisper Nation. So make sure you are liked and subscribed to catch all of the updates coming about the Mock Draft Marathon we got going on next month. The guest list is getting pretty nice. Get to hear from some of the best in the industry. We're going to be chopping it up. Alex, we'll have to talk to you about that later. See if we can find some way to collab on that. Oh, Speaking about talking, took my boy, Jacoby. It's been got 51 more targets than any other player on the Patriots last year. Improved his fantasy totals all three years. And I actually got to meet Mac Jones like at a Suffolk Ooh. event, the school I go to a couple months ago. Because I do like, they asked me to help. Like I got to participate in the event. I got to talk to him, like just me and him and a couple other people in a room after. And he was wow. so and he was saying that I, I asked him, like, you know, like who, like who are the guys you think that like are going to be take big jumps this year? And he said, Johnu Smith and Jacoby Myers. Let's go, oh. let's go. That's insight right there, baby. That's why we got Alex on the show. Let's go. I love that take. Did he love give it. any other elaboration on any of those ones? I love both of. Them. I love Johnu Smith. He kept, it, he kept it simple. He said he couldn't okay. say too much, but he said he loves those guys. I love those little insider tidbits. And I want to bring in what you just said there to the mock draft marathon bit. You know, I bring this up on the show probably every other week. But when we were able to have Coach Hugh Jackson on the show and I got to ask him about coach speak, I'm like, yo, coach, we obsess over the sound bites we hear from y'all at the podium. How much should we really take for honest when you speak these things? And he said, Austin, there's always a reason why we're saying what we're saying. And none of it has to do with us just being honest with the listener. It's either we want to gas up a certain player on our team and add some extra motivation, or we want to throw off the defense that we're coming up against, or we just want to blend some things over in our own locker room for whatever it is. We might be telling the truth. We might be being telling less than the truth, but there is another reason why what is being said is what is being said. And that for me was like, oh, my God, this just helps me now apply a different lens to every single time I hear an offensive coordinator or a head coach assume the microphone. So, Alex, not to put you on the spot, but when you got a chance to listen to Mac Jones really just talk about, you know, just chill, just chill speaking. Was there any other takeaways that you had other than that Johnny Smith and Jacoby Myers insight? Okay, the insight I have is not from Mac. But from from Mac's girlfriend, actually, because I got to be part oh, of the, she knew who I was because I was part, one of the people that was like helping out um, with the event. And I was talking to her after because she knew me at that point, at least. And I was asking her, her name's Sophie. And I was like, Sophie, like, like, what, what has it been like? And she's like, Mac is like a psychopath. She's like, he like we literally like we got up late today at 7 a.m. And she's like, all he does is get up and work and work and work like you would not believe like every single day. She's like, he's maniacal. And like, I think that that, you know, kind of speaks to it and you can see that and like, you know, what they say about him in the locker room and his leadership skills and whatnot. And the fact that like, she's like, we got up late at at 7am and she's like, he doesn't go out. He doesn't really do anything. Like it's just football, football, football like that. 
you know, that, that had to, has to get you fired up as a Patriots fan. Or even oh, if it's got, it gets me fired up as a Mac Jones fan. Let's go. Absolutely. We'd love to see it. I love when people share those little insights. You know, I, I think it I think it does tell us more than sometimes we'd like to admit, you know. So I appreciate hearing that insight. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get on the Mac Jones bandwagon so quite yet. Johnny and I are on opposite ends of that one, but I do respect the work ethic coming in. And Alex, you're kind of making your last pick here in round 13. You take Deonta Foreman, running back for Carolina. Can you tell us any of your strategy or thinking when you're coming to these late rounds? How do you like to make your dart throws or do you aim to build handcuffs? How do you approach the end of the draft? Yeah, I, I think it's just absolutely swing for the fences. I, I'm I'm like one of the people that like if, if if you don't produce like one or two weeks on my bench, see ya. You know, the door is that way. Have a nice day. Enjoy your vacation. Yeah. Like, bye. So I'm I'm swinging for the fences at guys that are going to produce right away. Like I'm not someone that usually goes for a lot of stashes. Deontay Foreman is more okay. That might be the last pick, and you know, in case CMC gets hurt, but he's probably the guy that I'm going to be dropping next week for whoever the next beat like beat reporter like hype up is going to be. But I think generally at the late rounds of drafts, I'm absolutely swinging for the fences as much as I possibly can to go for upside and hoping that I can find the next you know James Robinson or Elijah Mitchell or someone that you know, has potential or Brian Edwards a couple of years ago, where I really thought he was going to be the next big thing. And he wasn't like guys like that, that have a mental yeah. No, Sean Moreno, no my favorite no one no of years. Exactly. past. Guys like that yeah. every single time. Yeah, that is my favorite one from years past. And I love that strategy on this. We're coming to the end. I'm about to make my final pick. And then whisper nation, it is time for our draft grades. What we're going to do is have Johnny kick us off. And from there, uh, we're going to have Johnny's going to give his breakdown. Whisper Nation, give him a grade. Let him know how he did. We'll have Alex and myself do it the same. And then the three of us will go ahead and take a look at the remaining nine squads here before we wrap up the show. So, Johnny, you took us, you started us off. You want to start us off here? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had the number one. I took a little bit of a shocker by uh, taking Dalvin Cook number one. Actually, I don't mind how it panned out. I actually kind of like how it shaped out. Uh, getting Derek Carr as my number one quarterback. I, I had Matt Ryan as the number two, you know, flex option for me. I do think that Matt Ryan could be a top 12 quarterback this year. Hell, uh, Carson Wentz nearly did it last year. So uh, definitely think Matt Ryan can do it. Uh, you got Devontae Adams, uh, Deontay Johnson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, Kenny G and Paris Campbell, who is my flag plant wide receiver uh, this year. And uh, my running backs that I followed up Dalvin Cook with were David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, and Naheem Hines. So my wide receiver or running backs are a little bit thin. I did take uh, Mike Jacecki as my tight end, which I think that he'll be pretty good. I think he's uh, being a little bit undervalued right now, especially with the type of offense that Miami is going to be running. Uh, that produced, you know, George Kittle and and some other really talented uh, tight ends. So, uh, and Mike Jacecki is a, a freak athlete, and he's shown that. So, uh, that is my team. I think I did all right, actually. I I like it better than my team last week for sure. Um, <laughs> let me know. Let me know, Whisper Nation, what you think, because let us know, Jay. John did. Yeah, let us yeah. know how you think yeah. he did on this one. Uh, John, is there anything you'd do differently now that you got to see how it was all wrapped out? Uh, yeah, I probably would have taken another running back. 
somewhere in there. Probably instead of doing the Hunter Renfro, I probably I probably would have went with a different running back and and really just try to stack. I also did. I got sniped with Alexander Madison. That my plan was to go Alexander Madison then Naheem Hines with the last two picks, but then I got I got sniped there. So I do like for sure grabbing my handcuff if it's a clear cut handcuff uh, from the first round just so I can solidify. Cause if I believe in the system, I'm going to take them uh, in that first round. So I, I definitely want that backup. Cause we know how often that, uh, you know, running backs get injured. So I do like having that safety net there. Uh, but I mean, no regrets, man, no regrets other than those. Life's too short for Life's man. Too short, man. Mr. Nation, let Johnny know how he did. Moving over now to Alex. Talk about your first two picks there, Alex. Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, a couple of QBs with some legs. Break it down for us the rest of the way. Yeah, so, I mean, I love the running backs that I took. Like, I think that I really wanted to lean on running back and, you know, just take big shots at wide receivers. Similar to late, like, my, my strategy for most most drafts anyway is is just a lot of, like, like let's swing for the fences. Because if you're not first, you're last. I don't play for second place. I don't play to hope I make the playoffs. I'm either like, like if I get last place, fine. Otherwise, I want first place. Like second and last for me are not a huge, you know, difference. Plus, there's a lot of money on the line. Second prize is not that bad. Um, but after that, I just tried to go heavy at wide receiver. I took Cooks because, you know, he's got a doctorate in beating ADP. He's mm, solid every that. single year. And then after that, I just swung for the fences. At Elijah Moore, you know, Drake London, Sky Moore. I don't like the Dallas Goddard pick. I, I kind of panicked. Best player available. I wanted to grab someone like a Cole Komet instead. Um, and I wish I got to do that and took someone else. Um, but I like the Jacoby Myers pick. I think that he's great. He's going to be solid. I keep hearing a lot of really great things about Jalen Tolbert. And I think the fact that this team throws for a lot. I mean, Dak's thrown for at least 4,400 yards or something the last two seasons he played. He was on pace for like 6,000, you know, the season that he got hurt. And Michael Gallup, we won't see until at least week 11. Like he had nine, right. you know, nine months off the ACL surgery, which is in early February. He won't be back until mid-November off that nine-month recovery time mm. unless he like goes crazy and somehow beats it. And if that, I don't think he's going to be at 100%. So I think the potential for Tolbert is really, really big. And he's that perfect, perfect late-round dart throw I want. And then Deontay Foreman is probably someone I would drop, but – you know, we saw last year, like Christian McCaffrey has not stayed healthy. I think he will this year. Like I'm drafting him at the 1.02 every day of the week. But if he gets hurt, we saw Deontay Foreman be really great rate. Sorry, great last year. And they don't have like someone that is going to catch passes like a Dontrell Hilliard kind of player, you know, as a, another satellite back. So I think that Deontay Foreman could literally like be the workhorse. Like should CMC go down? I don't think it'll happen. But again, one of those perfect late round picks. But Overall, I didn't like how like the back half of my draft went as much. Like I would, I would probably give my draft like a B plus. I've had better drafts, first five rounds, A plus, but I don't know after that. I, I think. Who would you have done a little differently now? I think going back, I probably would have tried to lock in like a big time wide receiver. Like I, I think mm -hmm. like a Mike, like Mike Evans. Like I know I didn't get a chance to get him, or maybe I don't. I maybe I draft Kyler Murray. You know what? I, that's what I would have done. Instead of drafting Trey Lance, I would have grabbed a Diggs or Mike Evans or you know, Devontae Adams or one of those guys that get to shore up that wide receiver position and then just grab yeah. a solid quarterback later. I think that's my biggest mistake. Okay. I, I think it's a good reflection on this one. I love the upside on Trey Lance, but given your build, maybe you take that yeah. risk somewhere else. Exactly. The build, yeah. I mean, with my build, I could have, you know, shored up another position a little bit more and just like played it a little bit more safe. But, you know, it's, it's a mock and this is why we do these mocks. So you can kind of learn and, you know, do better on the next one. I think yeah. that's a really shrewd 
2020 is hindsight, 2020 and hindsight vision, you know, take on this one. So thank you. Nice draft. Good take, good reflection. Cause yeah, that's exactly what this is all about. Let's get things out of our system and really figure out how we feel going with different builds. I went ahead and drafted at the 12 spot and I took Christian McCaffrey pretty pleasantly surprised to see that he is still available. And I love fading quarterbacks and super flexes, maybe mainly because I'm an iconoclast in some regards. And I just like to see if I can make it happen in a way that it's not supposed to happen. Kind of how Alex did his running back heavy wide receiver delayed draft just to see how it works out. People say, yeah, you'll never will. And then it does. So, but then when Jalen Hurts was available here at the end of it, I think Jalen Hurts has a real shot to be the number one overall quarterback in fantasy this season. I think he's a close lock for top five. Um, and I was willing to take a swing on that upside because, Alex, we share that in common. I'm always going for the upside. If you're not, what the hell is the point? Um, so then Jalen Hurts, I was stoked to get him to anchor my super flex quarterbacking position. Uh, moving on then to the third round, I took a stable of wide receivers with Antonio Brown or A.J. Brown, excuse me, T.Y. Um, Tyreek Hill, and then Jalen Waddle. And I got a little bit cute. I think in a real draft, I'm probably taking C.D. Lamb ahead of Tyreek Hill. But if I'm honest, man, I got some weird vibes about the Dallas Cowboys right now. I'm a little concerned with their running back situation that I think has been a solid foundation for Dak Prescott to have the impressive quarterbacking numbers that he has. And so if he doesn't have the strong running game behind him, I'm not as sold. And given the defense that I think has taken a legit bump up in Dallas, I'm not sure we're going to see the 5,000 yards out of Dak Prescott chucking the ball because the defense is going to be able to hold it down. So I love CeeDee Lamb, but I'm, I'm kind of mentally figuring that out as you can hear me processing right now in real time. I think there's a world where he is super, super, super good. And I also think there's a world where he might kind of disappoint and be like a high-end wide receiver too when it's done. Anyways, I took AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddle there to get my three wide receivers. Um, one of them will be a depth piece to play in my flex. Antonio Gibson now is my second running back with Miles Sanders being my third for some depth. I think these guys is I think they're low on ADP right now. I'm stoked to have them. I think the upside is high given their skill sets and roles on the offense. Was happy about those running backs. DeAndre Hopkins as my fourth wide receiver. Claypool as my fifth, who I'm really trying to pick up on as many drafts as I can. Bit of a mystery box who has some really great physicals to him. Um, getting Trubisky or Pickett behind center, I think would be good for Chase Claypool. He disappointed me a lot last year, but I'm going to give it another go. Um, Daniel Jones and Jared Goff, one of the two, should be my second quarterback. Tyler Algier being my fourth running back, rookie out of Atlanta. With Pat Fryermuth, who honestly I'm not big on. I think he did benefit a lot from Ben Roethlisberger and the safety blanket relationship they look to have. ton of touchdowns for a guy who just didn't get that much work, and I'm not sold Fryermuth's going to get the same love this year in Pittsburgh. So that was really just get a tight end on here so I didn't get slack about it. But that's the draft. Um, I feel all right about it. I feel, I feel all right. A little cute. Definitely a little cute, but um, I, think the, I think you're the best one out of all three of us. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. I appreciate that, Alex. I really do like the Gibson and, and Miles Sanders right in the middle of your draft is pretty pretty sick. Yeah, with, that was, with, that, with a hero running back like CMC, and then like two yeah. solid quarterbacks as well. Like sure, tight. I think you punted on tight end. You know, your yeah. last big one, and you can find hopefully find it off the waiver wire. But like otherwise, like that that team is dynamite. Yeah, I appreciate that take. I think it's, it's fun. 
Because even if Waddle, you know, even if Waddle isn't what or or Tyreek Hill isn't what we expect them to be, you still have, you know, like I said, you could put Hopkins in there through week six. Yeah. Uh, and, and you got another star wide receiver. Kind of a counterpoint sometimes on these is, is and I like it, is strengthen your strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it gives you a strong foundation to handle the inevitable um, attrition that's going to come your way. And so if you have something you're really good at on your fantasy squad, sometimes bolsting up on that pillar can prove to be wise because dudes are going to get hurt. Dudes are going to be disappointing. And if you can just build that up, you might really have something to lean on. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of Whisper Nation's drafts. Um, the way we're going to kind of do this, and I'll give a quick rundown on each squad. We'll start with Don Flick, who uh, will go in the reverse order here. Um, I'm going to give a quick rundown. I'm going to pitch it over to Alex and then Johnny, who will give their take. And then we'll give them the grade of championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in. So one of those four rankings, Whisper Nation, love to hear your takes on these teams as we work through them as well. Don Fleck, great to have you here. As always, drafts in the 111 and gets many people's number one wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. He doesn't take his next wide receiver until the fifth round with DK Metcalf, but he keeps it fun there, picking up that big boy with DJ Moore in the sixth and Michael Thomas in the seventh. Christian Watson is his fifth wide receiver, who he snags in the 11th. I like the upside you bring there, and I think you didn't really spend too much to get it. His first running back is Derrick Henry, who he takes at the second pick of the second round. His second running back then is Javante Williams, who he's able to pick up in the fourth. He adds depth with Tony Pollard in the ninth, James Cook in the 10th, and James Robinson there in the 13th. His first quarterback is Jamison Winston, who he grabs in the eighth round, and his backup or his super flex is now Davis Mills. Not a bad one, too. Obviously, his strength isn't quarterback, but I wouldn't call him holes given the two he ended up picking up. And I think there's even a little bit of upside, especially with the Winston side. And Davis Mills is a name that should be getting, I think, some more consideration in super flex formats. He also gets Kyle Pitts at tight end. He gets the number one at this point in the season. Alex Caruso, what is your take on Don Flick's squad, and how would you ultimately rank him? I think ultimately, I would have to say outside looking in for me. I think like it's like it, it for me, like this could be the team that I don't like after the draft, and then wins the championship easily. Mm-hmm. Like Derrick Henry, Javante Williams could go crazy. You know, DK Metcalf, more Michael Thomas. I think are amazing upside picks. But ultimately, I think this team is just weak at quarterback with Winston or Davis Mills. Like, sure, solid options. They're not bad. But I think that both of them are never – like, neither of them is going to finish top 10 as QBs. Probably and not. then when you have that and then, like, the third running back is, like, Tony Pollard or, you know, James Cook. I think that just makes it harder for me to see them, you know, finding a way to a title. But, you know, if Derrick Henry and Javante Williams go crazy like they do, you know, they get big games out of DK Metcalf and Michael Thomas like we've seen – could absolutely make a run, but for me, I'm I'm gonna sit outside looking in. I'm sorry. For that, Johnny, how about you? Yeah, I think yeah, it's hard for me because I do love how he he started the draft, but I'm I'm yeah. I'm with Alex here where, and we learned this the hard way last year in the in our uh, Whisper Nation League as we kind of punted the quarterback punted the quarterback, and we end up getting you know very similar to Winston and and Mills here, and it just you're at such a disadvantage no matter how stacked you are at the other positions having quarterbacks especially in a team that has two dominant quarter because like, like you said even if they do finish top 10 on certain weeks the chance of 
both of them finishing top 10 in the same week is going to be slim. And then if you, all, all it takes is going up against, you know, two mediocre quarterbacks that finish, you know, eight and nine and the rest of their rosters are, you know, even, you know, RB twos or, or wide receiver twos. And it's hard to overcome that in a PPR league. Uh, so yeah, I would probably say at this point, outside looking in, but I'm with Alex as well, that this could be one of those teams that's like, oh, Winston actually does end up, you know, balling out and, you know, stuff like that where they they make some things happen. I got to go just for me on the bubble with it because if certain things happen, I'm with you there, Alex. This could be a team that's a championship-type squad, but if anything goes wrong, if Derrick Henry gets hurt in week four and Javante Williams is in an even time split, and the quarterbacks do what they're actually supposed to do, you're now in a really tight spot. Like, I'm not feeling awesome about James Cook as being a permanent starter on my team, and that's what you might be finding yourself in there. Very good. Moving over now to Draft Hustle, who in the 10th spot takes Lamar Jackson and doubles down with their quarterbacks. Joe Burrow in the second. Get that super flex handled early. Takes Nick Chubb, Alex's favorite player, in the third, and with Damian Harris. Cordero Patterson and Michael Carter to be the remaining pieces. Damian Harris there in the seventh Patterson in the, Oh, it's uh, excuse me. The ninth with Michael Carter there in the 12th T Higgins is his first wide receiver with Mike Williams being his second Juju Smith Schuster there now with Kansas city in the eighth with Russell Gage and Tyler Boyd to round it out rounds 10 and 11. He goes for a tight end George Kittle there in the sixth. Okay, I'm seeing obviously a emphasis on quarterback. He gets some decent wide receivers there. Mike Williams and T Higgins, really good wide receivers who have another really good wide receiver also on that team. We'll start with Johnny on this one. How are you feeling about this? And for the listeners who didn't catch the beginning, my Nick Chubb comment was sarcastic. It is, in fact, Alex's least favorite player. But, Johnny, how are you feeling about Draft Hustle Squad and how you're ultimately ranking it? So this is exactly what I'm saying. You know, perfect example of Don Flick went against this team. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, they could each drop 50 fantasy yep. points and all of a sudden it's game over and they don't even touch the rest of their guys uh i love this team i think it's a championship contender i mean uh, i think damian harris people are sleeping on him t higgins to get that double dip uh with joe burrow and tyler boyd is a great stash down there uh because if anything happens to either chase or t higgins he is going to be the number two and he's a really good wide wide receiver at that so uh yeah i love this team i think this is an awesome team how about you alex Agree. Championship contender. Like, like even even with Nick Chubb, I think Nick Chubb's a great great player for this team. I actually like the Nick Chubb pick where he's being drafted and for what his role will be, you know, on this you know squad. Um, at this point, like I love the quarterbacks and the upside that they have every week. I love the George Kittle pick. I love the wide receivers that they he drafted this team. The value that he got. I love T Higgins. I love Mike Williams. I love Russell Gage. Tyler Boyd is a perfect player to play on this team. Juju still has a lot of upside and that could absolutely be amazing this year. So I think as long as they can fill that running back two position every week, this could be a championship squad. Yep. I love it here right there. And I think I'm going in the playoffs just because of that RB two position that you mentioned there. But Hey, if Cordell Patterson is a dude, you might actually be in a fine spot. No more fantasy glitch, dude. They didn't like it. They didn't like the nickname. They dropped the wide receiver. Yeah, we had somebody in the chat mention that earlier about Quarterell losing that yeah. designation. We move forward as we must. Classic Mike in the ninth spot grabs Jamar Chase. Cortland Sutton is his second wide receiver in the fifth. 
Gabriel Davis in the eighth, Chris Olave in the 10th, and DJ Chark to round out his wide receivers in the 13th. He gets Russell Wilson, his first quarterback off the board in the second, and pairs him with Kirk Cousins in the fourth. Aaron Jones is his first running back selected. He gets him in round three and pairs Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Alaire along with Damian Pierce and Daryl Henderson gets those guys in round six, seven, 11, and 12. TJ Hawkinson mentioned a little bit earlier is taken in round nine going over to Alex first. How are you feeling about this squad? And ultimately is it a championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in? I'm going to have to say outside looking in un- unfortunately on, on this team. Like I, I like Russell Wilson. I just don't think the upside's there of what it used to be, you know, with him. I like that. He was, I love Cortland Sutton. I love that pick. I love Jamar chase. I like the Aaron Jones pick, but I don't like the running back twos on this team. I don't believe in Clyde Ridsey-Lair. Like he was the third best starter in points per game last year behind 29-year-old Jarek McKinnon and Daryl Williams. Like, come on. Like, like, come on. Like, I know the gallbladder thing, whatever. I think Damian Pierce is Pat solid. Mahomes made a bad pick, Matt. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's just say what it is. <laughs> and yeah, and TJ Hawkinson, I'm just not really sold on him and what he's going to be when they have Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, who I absolutely love. They also drafted Jameson Williams. I just don't think he has a lot of upside. You know, Gabriel Davis and Chris Olave, I think are going to be very boom or bust, you know, week in and week out with the offense that they're going to be in, the roles they're going to be in. So um, I'm sorry. I don't like hating on people's teams. It's not not my favorite draft, but hey, you know, like the same thing. My draft wasn't that great, but something to learn from hopefully for the next one. Something to learn. I'm on the bubble here for classic Mike. Let's see about Dem Boys DC4L, who's drafting in the eighth spot. Takes Austin Eckler in the eighth with DeAndre Swift pair long in the third round. This is fun and pass happy for a PPR to get started. Elijah Mitchell is his third running back in the seventh. And then Isaiah Spiller down in the 12th. So we get some nice ones at the top. And then we kind of fade that back. Dak Prescott is his quarterback. Number one drafted in the second round with Justin Fields and the upside he brings taken there in the fifth. He gets C.D. Lamb, his first wide receiver, to pair with Dak Prescott. That should be fun in the fourth. And then a string of wide receivers he begins taking, starting out with Devonta Smith in the eighth, followed by Robert Woods in the ninth, Darius Toney in the tenth, Jamison Williams in the eleventh, and rounds out his draft with Devonte Parker in the thirteenth. He gets Darren Waller as his tight end in the sixth round. I'm seeing an interesting build on this one. It looked like he was kind of going for best available value, Johnny. How are you stacking up Dem boys and how do you ultimately rank them? I think this is a bubble team. Uh, it, you know, there are some really nice picks in there. There's a couple of things that I would have done just slightly different. Um, you know, with Robert Woods coming back from injury, you also have Javante Williams in injury. Uh, and then, you know, Devonta Parker going to a new team. Um it's going to be a little bit hard for him with those receivers. Uh, I would have just done a couple things different, but I think at the end of the day, it's a bubble team. What about you, Alex? How are you looking here at Dem Boys? Yeah, I would say bubble team. The bubble team that can make a run. I think Swift and Eckler could literally both catch 100 passes like like this year. And I think that those are, are great picks, obviously, like where they're drafted. Um, but but I agree. Like I, I like the upside with some of these wide receivers. I love CeeDee Lamb. I think that was a great pick. Um, but like Devontae Smith, Robert Woods, I absolutely am in love with Kadarius Tony. I think that he's most likely to be the best Giants wide receiver this year. Um, but, you know, even like the late round picks like Jamison Williams, I'm not a huge believer in for this year. Isaiah Spiller, I like that paired with Eckler. Devontae Parker, you know, Mac didn't say him. So obviously it was like the worst <laughs> pick in the draft because Mac didn't say it. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I again, I think this is a bubble team. This team could make a run. Just not, you know. It's you know. It's not. I don't know. I'll just. I'll just. Leave yeah, it. I hear you. The Jamison Williams, Kadarius Tony, Devonta Smith. We all see what they can bring, but we all know why they're going where they're going. I mean, yeah. I like the. I like the first four picks a lot. I like the first five. I'm getting spicy. It starts to get a little bit crazy for me after. It's that. a. This is the thought that counts. Draft like that's yeah. that's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's take a look at our boy Smitty in the seventh pick who takes Cooper Cup, first wide receiver off the board. And then in the third, he gets Mike Evans and Keenan Allen in the fourth, Jerry Judy in the sixth with Garrett Wilson in the tenth. So some prices spent there on wide receivers. Don't hate it. Tom Brady, he grabs in the second round and pairs Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield with him in rounds nine and 13. His first running back is Cam Akers, who he takes in the fifth round with Kenneth Walker in the eighth. I guess backup running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, rookie drafted there this year. Ramondre Stevenson in the 11th and White there in the 12th. Backup running back, rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He gets Dalton Schultz in the seventh to round out his whole draft. So, Johnny, he's taken wide receivers early. Uh, he takes three in the first four rounds and then gets a few more depth pieces. He delays on running back. Do you, how do you see this squad? Did that style help him or hurt him? And ultimately, what's his final grade for you? I think it hurt him. Um, I think waiting on running back that late kind of yeah. it, it shows. So I, I do think that this would be an outside looking in, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's that's where I have to go with this. Okay. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I, I agree. I think like the the running back, like, there's some weaknesses with the running back two spot. Obviously, it's a big weakness. I think the quarterback two spot is is probably going to be a big weakness. And even Brady without Gronk or Antonio Brown, two Hall of Famers. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to fall off a cliff. I'm not saying that. I love Tom Brady. He's my favorite player of all time. Yeah. Forever will be. I just worry about, like, no rushing upside that, you know, unless he throws 40 touchdowns again, which could be a little bit tougher. You know, if Gronk doesn't end up coming back, like I think he will be. I think it's dangerous. But the wide receivers in this team are dynamite. Probably some of the best wide receivers yeah. of oh, yeah. anybody this entire draft. I just think the rest of the team is a little bit of weaknesses. So I'm also going to say outside looking in. Yeah, I wish you would have taken a little bit of of your style here, Alex, and swung yeah. a little harder right. for the fences. Gone with some more upside picks on yeah. this. I'm on... This is an outside looking in squad for me, and it's it's hard, it's hard with Cooper Cup being so good on the bubble. I'm not gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the bubble actually yeah. with it because there is some firepower, um, but I just see a, a low floor as well with some of these other running backs like with Kenneth Walker and Ramondre. Like they might not be they might not start a game for you, and you and you will be starting them though because of your lack of of running backs. Otherwise, moving forward to the cast pajamas, our number one team name all time. Here he gets Jonathan Taylor in the fifth. You like to see that even in a super flex and then Matt Stafford in the second with two at a go along in the super flex in the third, his first wide receiver is Debo Samuel. He takes in the fourth and pairs Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk, Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Ron uh, Rondell Moore with Debo Samuel in round seven, eight, 11 and 13. Brees Hall is his second running back taken in round five, and he gets another one in round six with J.K. Dobbins. Chase Edmonds round nine, running back with Miami now. Mac Jones is his third quarterback. So I like you add some extra depth there to go along with Stafford and two with Cole Komet, his tight end. Alex, when I look at this team, I see a reasonable draft strategy is what I look like. It doesn't seem like he reached too hard on any one guy, and I'm not seeing many holes, but what do you see and how are you ranking the cast pajamas? 
I see a playoff team right here. Like I, I definitely see a playoff team. I really like what he did at quarterback, you know, adding Mack in if Tua, you know, isn't it. I love the pairing of Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall. You know, there's been a top 15 rookie running back in like 10 straight years. J.K. Dobbins, you know, from the injury people I've talked to in the fantasy community that he should be, you know, pretty close to full go, you know, week one. Not someone I'm going to draft, not someone I love, but I love the value of him and Chase Edmonds to pair with that. I think is great. And the wide receivers are a little tough. Like I don't like, you know, Valdez Scantling or Rondale Moore late, but I really like the Debo Samuel pick. Um, I think that he's going to be really solid still. And Amari Cooper will be solid. Brandon Ayuk will be solid. But, like, the rest of his team at running back, quarterback, and I love the Cole Komet pick, are going to be awesome. Like, as long as he can, you know, make do at wide receiver, which he has the talent to do so, like, this might even be a championship-level team. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say playoffs. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, I'll go with playoffs at the, as well. Yeah, I'm in the playoffs. He's knocking on the contender door for me. It's the potential lack of upside at the quarterbacking position that's yep. having me go all the way in on championship contender. But I, I want to. But I'm firmly in the playoffs there for the cast pajamas. Let's yep. see about Easy Daddy, who in the fourth takes Patrick Mahomes and pairs Aaron Rodgers with him in the third. He takes Travis Kelsey, the eternal one, in the second. Gets his first running back, Ezekiel Elliott, in the fourth with Travis Etienne to pair in the fifth. He gets Rashad Penny in the ninth, J.D. McKissick in the 12th, with Marlon Mack to round out his draft there in the 13th. Adam Thielen is his first wide receiver who goes in the 6th. Darnell Mooney in the 7th, Alan Lazard in the 8th, Christian Kirk there in the 10th. Gets a second tight end, Buffalo's Dawson Knox in the 11th. I want to say I don't see upside at the running back position, but then I do see a little bit of upside at the running back position. We started off with Alex on the last one. I'll kick it to Johnny here to get your first take on Easy Daddy's squad and where you rank them. I actually, I'm totally cool with his running backs. I think his running backs are really good. I have a little bit more concern with the wide receivers. I'm a big Mooney fan. I do think that this could be a breakout year, but I'm not sold that Lazard is going to be the guy that we're all hoping and, and wishing he's going to be for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Adam Thielen, again, we know, you know, systems. Adam Thielen should be a solid guy, but is he going to be what we've seen over the last couple of years? I, I'm not confident in it. I'm more confident in Justin Jefferson there. And I, I'm just, I'm off Christian Kirk this year. Um, I, I realized Jacksonville and, you know, they paid him all this money, but I've watched Christian Kirk over the last four years. And mm. I, I don't think he's quite the receiver that everyone thinks he is. So uh, I just think that they overpaid for her, overpaid for him because they had to get him down there. Um, but other than that, I, I do still think that this is a playoff team because Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Kelsey. And I do think Ezekiel and Travis Etienne are strong enough to kind of carry you through weeks. How about you, Alex? I'm, I'm going to say bubble just because I'm really not a believer in these wide receivers. Like Adam Thielen hasn't been healthy in two years. I love the, I, I really like Mooney. I'm also worried about Alan Lazard being the guy that we think he's going to be not sold on Christian Kirk. I love the quarterbacks in this team. I love the running backs. Like mm-hmm. Zeke, one of my favorite players, like he is still going to produce year in and year out. I know the efficiencies drop, but like they paid him for a reason and they're playing him like that for a reason, whether he deserves it or not. I'd rather them see just Tony Pollard season straight up, but it's going to be Zeke. I love ATN. I like the upside of Rashad Penny. I love the picks of McKissick and Marlon Mack. Best last two round picks in this entire draft, but these wide receivers, I'm just so not sold. So I'm going to have to say the bubble. I just don't think that the wide receivers can be willed enough to, you know, carry this team to the championship. I feel you on that. If he and, and I'm just not as sold on the running backs either. I have Leonard Fournette, who I am pretty big on, was going ahead of, of Zeke. I think I would 
I, my, my upside. And he could have taken design. a shot wide receiver instead of yeah. Dawson. You have Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah. when's the last time Travis Kelsey missed a game? Like, never. Right. Like, yeah. like, you could have taken – if he took one more shot at wide receiver, then like, I would have liked this. Yeah, if he took Jacoby, I think if, if he could have taken him before I did and he took Jacoby, then this is a playoff team for me. There we mm-hmm. go. Yep. Moving forward, we got two more left, Whisper Nation. We got Albert M1218 in the third, taking Justin Herbert with Najee Harris and Joe Mixon in rounds two and three. AJ Dillon is his third running back in round eight with Ronald Jones there in the 12th. He gets T Law in the fourth, Trevor Lawrence, and some depth at the quarterbacking position with Carson Wentz in the 11th. Takes his first wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, in the fifth, and he gets a few more in back to back pickups. Marquise Brown in the sixth with the shot Bateman the seventh Traylon Burks in the ninth and rounds out his draft with Tim Patrick in the 13th Zach Ertz is his tight end I'm looking at a squad that maybe is a little question mark at quarterback Alex but really has a lot of things filled in how are you looking at this team and how you're ranking them I really like this team I think this is a mm-hmm. playoff game for me like I, like I think the quarterbacks like I think he'll be solid enough you know with Wentz or Trevor Lawrence the QB too because he got that you know anchor QB you know, in Justin Herbert, I love Mixon and Najee Harris. Like, it's like some there's some kind of stat, but it's like I think it's 98% of running backs that had like the average at least like 18 touches a game are like top eight running backs. And Mixon and Harris should both yeah. be that. Like, it's a crazy stat, but like every time it's t- like volume speaks. And as long as those guys are healthy, like he will be solid at the running back position. AJ Dillon's a solid depth piece in that. I love his wide receiver drafting here. Like, I don't love yeah, Trey, but I love Brown. I love Bateman. I love mm. buying the dip on Traylon Burks. I really like the Zach Ertz pick. Tim Patrick also could be the best late round pick, you know, in fantasy football. I've heard a lot of good yes. things for him. Yes. Camp. You know, from my colleague Cecil Lammy, who's a Denver beat writer, saying that he thinks that, you know, Patrick could outproduce Jerry Judy this year. Patrick, I mean, Tim Patrick's very underrated. I mean, he's done it, uh, you know, yeah. like that's, a, he's super undervalued, Tim Agreed. Patrick. Well, I, I like that. I even think, sorry, just to add one, I didn't even think the Ronald Jones pick. We talked about CEH and how yeah. he was outperformed at last year about everyone, even the trash can man uh, that came through on Sundays after the games so outperformed CEH. So I just think Ronald I'll Jones. I'll call on that, but yeah. Uh, I, I just think Ronald Jones, I, I like that pick back there. So, yeah. How I do you think, it. what do you rank this team, Johnny? I do think is a playoff team, possibly even a championship contender team. Yeah, I think if Trevor Lawrence does anything of what you hope, taking him number one overall a couple years ago, then you're right there. And I'm pulling for him on this, too. So let's go to our final pick here. Josh Blizzy, friend of the show, former Whisper Listener League champion in the second overall spot. He takes Josh Allen and gets his favorite weapon, Stefan Diggs, in the second Mark Andrew is his tight end one off the board round three gets his first running back off the board rounds four fun diversification. Then he goes on a run of wide receivers with Michael Pittman in the fifth, Allen Robinson in the sixth, Chris Godwin in the seventh. He gets a second running back Kareem hunt in the eighth and bolsters up his running backs rounds 11 through 13 with Singletary, Alexander Madison and Khalil Herbert. His second quarterback is going to be Ryan Tannehill who he takes in the ninth round and that is going to conclude his draft. I'm looking at a a decent team here. Josh Blizzy is a good drafter most of the time. Johnny, how do you feel he did this time, and what's your overall ranking? This one it's a little puzzling. It's it's borderline of on the bubble and in the playoffs for me. Uh, I do like 
what he I mean, they're like looking at his roster. I, I mean, I like what he did. The only thing is the Chris Godwin. I really don't know. He's going to be out a long time. And then so that could put you in having to start Tyler Lockett. I don't feel great about that, especially with Drew Locke. And then you also have a question with your RB2. Um, but if things break your way, I mean, this would definitely be an, a, a playoff team for me. So it's real close for me. I think he did. I didn't think he did a pretty solid job, though. And it makes me bummed that Leonard Fournette went one before me. I did not notice that in the live draft. So I would have felt a lot more better if I had got Leonard Fournette on my team. But yeah, that's where I said. What do you think, Alex? How about you? Yeah, this is a, this is a playoff team for me. Like I, I love, like, I mean, you got the best QB, you know, in all fantasy football. Got arguably the, I mean, the second and top, a surefire top two tight end in fantasy football. Michael Pittman and Allen Robinson are two of my favorite wide receivers to draft in all of fantasy this year. I love the Diggs pick. I think that's going to hold up this team so much, but I'm concerned about the running back two spot. Like, like I think this should be a playoff team, but you know, the running back two spots going to be a little bit dicey, but I really love what he did at wide receiver, tight end and quarterback. I think he did a lot of great things, but the only thing I worry about is that running back two spot game getting filled consistently. I hear you on that one. No disagreements from me as well. I got Josh in the playoffs. I like the way he built his team, but I'm with you with some of those concerns at the RB2. Um, we'll see, as we always will, man. It's a blast, Whisper Nation. Good drafting with you. Alex, so much fun to have you join the show, sharing your insights and takes with us. Before we let you go, can you let Whisper Nation know where they can tune in, where they should follow you at, and if you got anything you're working on for us to stay tuned for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, thank you, you know, Whisper Nation for me getting to be on the podcast after I've been a fan for so long. I'm so grateful for that. Um, you can find my work on Twitter at Alex Crusoe, just like you see on the screen if you're watching right now. But you can also find me at Football Guys Official on TikTok. There's all kinds of content coming out each and every single day. It's only going to ramp up in July and August as well. But also, if you want to hear me on a podcast and hear my silly voice talk about DeAndre Swift and other players, check me out at the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. New fantastic guests coming on each and every single episode. So you don't have to listen to just me. There's always someone else joining me. But it's been such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. This was so much fun. Uh, it was oh, such a blast. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Ronald, for coming in later. We got Mike. Uh, we had Scott, Cat's Pajamas, Albert, Mr. Miyagi. Good to see you back in here. That was really cool. Jersey yeah. Jay, of course. Dave stopping by at the top. Jay Ingram, Do It 420, Pizza Belly. Man, it was football therapist who came in but just uh, just missed the show. Always a treat to get to draft with you, football therapist. We'll see you next time. Big Travi stopping by. Well, that's about it. It's been great to have you with us, Whisper Nation. Alex, of course. Johnny. I love you, man. On behalf of Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Austin Sear. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We are out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.